Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sound of My Own Voice podcast. My name is Ian Barge, and I'm your host, as always, here for episode six, clearly a very long-standing, long-running podcast, uh, actually coming off of a break from last week, uh, which I will get into why in just a few moments. But first, uh, as always, if you happen to be stopping by uh, and like what you hear, uh, please do hit the subscribe button on your podcast service of choice, whether that's iTunes or Spotify, what have you. Uh, I do greatly appreciate it. And if you uh, you like it or if you don't like it, leave a review. Let me know uh, what you're thinking. Uh, you can also find all the podcasts on our website, soundofmyownvoicepodcast.com. Uh, you can listen and comment there as well. Everything is all connected and all synced up together. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at T-S-O-M-O-V podcast because the sound of my own voice podcast is far too many characters for Twitter. They're very stingy about that. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook slash the sound of my own voice podcast. Same for Instagram, the sound of my own voice podcast. Um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, very briefly um, why I took a break um, from doing the podcast last week. Uh, had been going fairly strong, hitting uh, you know several episodes in a row. I'm pretty sure this is episode six. I said it was, so I hope it is. It might actually only be episode four now that I think about it, or five rather. No, this is episode six. Um, but yeah, why I kind of you know took a little break after having some strong uh, podcasting there for for a brief moment, um, and really it kind of was a combination of two things. Um, nothing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, in particular that had happened that week or that I was really like that vested or that interested in um, seemed worthwhile uh, when I went to record the podcast on Sunday and Monday. Um, I sat down twice to record it and I just wasn't really feeling anything that I wanted to talk about necessarily. Um, and I, the subjects that I did have kind of planned were honestly just like either rehashes of topics that I had already talked about or were honestly just too depressing. Um, the last couple of weeks have been uh, fairly um, less than great in uh, my personal life in terms of just uh, lots of things going on, uh, lots of things with work and everything, and I just hadn't really felt in the mood to uh, be creative or, or share things or put myself out there. Um, so Monday night when I sat down for the second time, still kind of felt like all the topics were shit and I didn't really want to do anything. I decided to skip a week. Uh, now, good podcasting and good content creation says that I probably should, uh, you know, have posted that to all of my channels um, and, you know, made sure that everyone was aware of it. But as my analytics show, uh, the chances are uh, that if you're listening to this, you probably know who I am. So you probably heard that I wasn't already uh, doing the podcast for that week. So I don't feel too terribly bad, uh, nor do I feel too terribly bad because I literally have been posted anything on most of the socials yet, which I should probably start doing. Um, but we're back now, and we have a, uh, a somewhat interesting, somewhat varied uh, lineup for you today in terms of uh, some topics of discussion. I'm gonna kind of steer out of the uh, what I would say is like more like pop culture. Um, more uh, sort of news-based uh, commentating. And we're gonna go just into um, some segments on some things that I have been interfacing with from a, you know, uh, 
from a, a media consumption standpoint. We're going to talk about a couple of different mediums, right? Um, I got uh, some some books, uh, actually news and information, um, an album review, and uh, if we have time, an anime review, season of anime review. I don't really know um, how long I want this to be because with the album review, I am going to have to uh, splice in music, which always takes uh, a while, and I am naturally... Uh, having had an extra week to record this, still recording this, uh, very late on a Monday night. Um, so let's see uh, where we go from here. First, uh, I do want to start off since it is uh, what I'd say is the most relevant and the most uh, recent uh, sort of news and information that I wanted to talk about, uh, which is the Way of Kings Kickstarter. Uh, which might all be English words that everyone knows, but not in that order if you're not a uh, fan of fantasy literature. Um, so to give you a little background, uh, The Way of Kings is a epic fantasy novel uh, written by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, Brandon Sanderson is a now very, very well-known author in the fantasy realm. Um, he finished the what I would say is the seminal high fantasy work of uh, our era currently, The Wheel of Time, after Robert Jordan passed away. Uh, Brandon Sanderson actually took up the helm and finished the last three books. Uh, he has his own epic fantasy um, uh, series, which he calls the Stormlight Archive. Uh, and it's uh, going to be ten books with five books and two five or with two five book cycles. Uh, and the first of those books was The Way of Kings, um, which kind of even thrust him further into uh, the limelight as a, a very great fantasy author um, and is actually part of his larger uh, body of work that he calls the Cosmere, uh, which is a collection of, I think he said he has 42 books planned um, in this same sort of universe. Uh, now, a lot of these books take on, take on uh, happen on different planets uh, with different characters and everything, so it's not all required reading to understand every single book you can still read the series um, in their own sort of uh, timelines and still understand everything within those uh, self-contained books but you will have a, a better understanding and a better breadth of knowledge if you were to read everything uh, the way of kings was the uh one two three four five sixth book published in the cosmere uh, there were two standalone books and a trilogy published before it uh, but again, it is sort of his, uh, what he always wanted to write. It's the probably the work that he's taken on uh, the most in terms of, you know, really what he put a lot of his energy into, as well as, you know, the book he's been wanting to publish the longest before he published it. Um, so Brandon Sanderson does this really cool thing. On the 10th anniversary of each one of his books as they release, he releases a very nice leather-bound edition of uh, those books. So those first five books that I mentioned in the Cosmere, they all have leather bounds already that are sold on his store. But for The Way of Kings, due to uh, coronavirus sort of shutting everything down, as well as due to the fact that he is sort of skyrocketed in popularity um, and things like book signings and book openings are, are kind of a little more difficult for him just because of the amount of time they take, he decided to do this on Kickstarter. Why are we talking about this today? One, I obviously kickstarted it. I'm a very big fan of Brandon Sanderson. I love his work. I love his magic systems. He puts a lot of, uh, he literally puts his entire BYU creative writing class on the internet for fucking free. 
and you can literally take his class in how to become a sci-fi fantasy author uh, for free on YouTube. Uh, I've watched two different semesters of it. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Um, even if you don't really necessarily want to be a writer, it is interesting to hear him talk about the craft of writing and talk about what writing means to him and why he thinks it's important. Um, but as someone who does have some middling aspiration in being, um, a, a, if not a, a, a published author, at least just someone who can say they have finished a, a book or finished a creative work uh, in the written literary field, um, I find it very informative and very interesting. Um, but the Kickstarter itself uh, is actually just blowing away everyone's expectations um, and is far in exceeding um, everything that they ever had planned. Uh, so it launched on, uh, I, I think, a week ago now. Yeah, a week ago today. So today at like 10 a.m., um, it'll have been out for a week. Uh, it launched at 10 a.m. last week. I literally set an alarm uh, because I knew that the good, like, the good tiers of rewards were going to go quick. So I hit refresh uh, and it's on the website as soon as 10 o'clock hit. And by the time I had checked out, uh, for my uh, pledge and my uh, money that I put forward to back the campaign. Um, it had already crossed its $250,000 goal uh, within, and that was within three minutes. I think within 11 minutes, it had made a million dollars. And within 30 minutes, it had made $2 million. Uh, before the end of 24 hours would be up, it would have made, it made $4 million. And right now it's sitting at about $5.2 million. Uh, and what that means is that it is in the top 20 uh, Kickstarters of all time. It is uh, slowly coming up to uh, Bloodstained and um, Shinmu 3 as uh, to eclipse every video game Kickstarter ever created. Uh, unless you count Ouya as a video game Kickstarter, even though it was a video game console. Um, it is eclipsing on the Reading Rainbow and Veronica Mars Kickstarters. Um, and uh, it still has 25 days left in its campaign. Um, and the way that Kickstarter works, for those of you that aren't familiar with Kickstarter, right? So Kickstarter is, hey, I have a product that I want to sell you or I want to put out into the world. Um, I'm going to sell it to you, but you're going to give me the money before it exists. And I'm going to take that money and make the product. Uh, that's a very distilled way of looking at it. It's not actually an investment platform. Um, much to uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, you are not investing your money when you put it in a Kickstarter. You are literally just sending someone money on the good faith that they will deliver a product for you. Obviously, in this case with Brandon Sanderson, right? He has a fucking history of already doing these things. He literally just did this as a vehicle to create a lot of hype uh, and to give a lot of, away a lot of really, really cool um, stretch goals and rewards. Uh, they had stretch goals uh, planned out all the way to $4 million. Um, things included like a deck of playing cards, a decal, um, a bookmark, a set of stickers, uh, patches, metal coins, an enamel pin, all kinds of shit that we normally wouldn't have got if he just, you know, threw the book up on his website and said, you know, here, buy it. But all backers for all tiers who have uh, purchased physical goods get all of these extra stretch goals. Um, so it's really, really cool to see. Um, but the fact that it has uh, grown so much, um, so very, very quickly, 
Uh, and the fact that the way Kickstarters sort of work in terms of donations is usually a very large burst in the first two days. And then it has uh, a, it plummets and plateaus uh, for the next like 26 days because Kickstarters are usually 30 days, 30 or 31 days. And then the last like 48 hours, it skyrockets again. Um, so if it does another $4 million in, in the last 48 hours, uh, it will be in the top 10 Kickstarters ever. I think it'll actually might cross into the top five, depending on how much it makes in between. Um, and that is absolutely fucking nuts to think about. Um, because just like the properties that I was talking about, right? Reading Rainbow. It fucking a one single author has raised more money for a single book uh, than, than Reading Rainbow did for like relaunching a series or its website. I don't actually remember which one Reading Rainbows was. Veronica Mars's was a, um, was a movie, but I think Veronica Mars is actually pretty niche. Um, I'm sure there's obviously tons of people that like it, but comparatively um, to large scale games or board games and things like it, it's fairly niche. Um, but yeah, so it's, just truly astounding um, that the outpouring of, of love for this Kickstarter uh, that it has, um, and it also just kind of recontextualizes how uh, many people are willing to, you know, donate and, and, and purchase these books. Um, and it shows that, in particular, this book I think means a lot to people. Um, there's a really good. Uh, I don't know the whole thing um, because I actually haven't read the book yet um, because I haven't gotten to it in the Cosmere. Um, but there's a good uh, line that everyone uses from the book, which is life before death, journey before destination. And just that little fucking snippet of words to me is like such pithy, poignant writing that I would probably love the book. Like if I was reading the book, and I read a character say that, like it would just instantly skyrocket that book into something that I would love forever because that's such a good line. That's such a good just mantra, way to describe things. It's incredible, and I absolutely, I absolutely love shit like that. Whether it's like a, just a phrase or like a, especially with like um, books or music or movies or, or, or lyrics, right? There, there are certain things that I just latch onto in those in that regard, um, and that's one of them. Um, and hopefully, if we hit the last stretch goal for six million dollars, uh, they're getting a Journey Before Destination bumper sticker out, which is pretty sick. Um, though I don't know, depending on how the bumper sticker is, I don't know if I'll actually put it on my car, but it'll be nice to have. Um, but yeah, that is the uh, the Way of Kings Kickstarter. Um, if you don't like fantasy novels at all and or have never read a fantasy novel before don't read this is your first one it's fairly daunting i think it's like 1200 pages um it is an epic fantasy for a reason he actually brandon sanderson actually says that he writes this as if he's writing three books and putting it into one he says the way he structures each um one of these stormlight archive books is actually a trilogy of other books um, if you're interested in, um, you know, learning more about Brandon Sanderson and want to read a full book, I would recommend the first Mistborn book, which is just titled Mistborn, um, or the it's it might be called the Final Empire depending on what region you're in. But they've done a 
remarketing campaign. It should be called Mistborn pretty much everywhere. Um, it is absolutely an excellent book. It has one of uh, the best uh, magic systems in any book I've ever read. It has a great, um, it, it's part of a trilogy, but you only have to read the first book if you want to. Um, it's effectively uh, the way that he describes it, and it's very good. It's My Fair Lady Meets Ocean's Eleven. Um, and if that interested you at all, you should go pick up the paperback. It's probably like eight or nine bucks. Um, and it is an absolutely fantastic read. I cannot recommend uh, Brandon Sanderson's work enough. Um, and so now, as the king of segues, uh, we are going to talk about a album uh, that actually came out a little bit earlier this year. Um, but I still wanted to talk about it because I, I keep listening to it, honestly. I, I think I listen to this album at least like once a day. Um, and probably have listened to it once a day for like the last three or four months because it's just so fucking good and it's so good in a way that it shouldn't be good because ostensibly this whole album is a joke and there's no reason for it to be so great um, but it is absolutely fantastic uh, so the, the album that I'm talking about is the Deathcore album of the year, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think anything is going to top this. Um, it is uh, the album The Praxis of Prophylaxis by the band Vermicide Violence. And before I get into the, the actual album review portion of this, um, I want to talk about the band itself. Uh, so Vermicide Violence is a play on a uh, very popular deathcore band Suicide Silence. Um, and it's made by, like, the creative mind behind Vermicide Violence is a um, musician slash YouTuber slash comedian uh, named Jared Alonji. He has a YouTube channel. Um, he runs a company called Boketta Media. And basically, a couple years ago, a couple, I think it was like five years ago now, um, he released an album called Beating a Dead Horse. And in that album, he had, it was like some 25, 28 tracks. And it was actually a compilation of uh, seven, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven different bands um, that were all fictional, but they were all parodies of uh, major um, scene archetypes. Uh, if you're just listening to me talk for the first time um, and, and don't know what I mean when I say scene, um, from the mid-2000s to probably the mid-aughts, uh, there was a music scene that was very commonly referred to as just the scene uh, that encompassed genres like post-hardcore, metalcore, pop-punk, um, dance-punk, uh, emo, like kind of deathcore and, and any sort of offshoots of, of core related um, metal genres uh, were all part of the scene, right? And the scene was very influenced by uh, MySpace fashion and very influenced by um, bands like uh, Blood on the Dance Floor from a like aesthetic um, uh, sense, right? Lots of uh, neon hair highlights, big teased hair, skinny jeans, band t-shirts, that sort of thing. Um, that's That was what was considered the scene. Um, and so he, Jared decides to uh, make this album. It's, like I said, it's a comedy album where he 
uh, sort of pokes fun at uh, all these different genres, sort of their tropes, um, and, and really digs in and, and honestly does a brilliant job of of sort of satirizing these different um, these different genres. So we have uh, seven different bands. Uh, we have Admits the Graves Demons, which is a, a metalcore parody. You have Sunrise Skater Kids, pop punk parody. Chewed Up was like sort of the hardcore punk uh, parody. Vervicide Violence, as I said, is the deathcore parody. You have Canadian Softball, which is the emo parody. Rectangles, which is a progressive metal slash gent uh, parody. And then you have Swag Chode, maybe my favorite name which is sort of um, a genre that was dubbed crunkcore, that's your blood on the dance floor, broken sides, etc. Um, and honestly, this album, that, that album is also great. It's not the main focus of what I want to talk about today. Um, but just to give you an idea of sort of the, the stylistic choice of music, um, uh, a song that I would recommend uh, you, you look up is uh, Massage Generic, um, which is an Admits the Graves Demon song. Um, it's probably one of my favorites off of that album. Uh, basically, uh, sort of really trying to get the scene and everyone to reflect on how honestly horrifically misogynist a lot of the uh, lyrics to a lot of these very popular, like, heavy breakup songs from metalcore bands were, um, and how needlessly sort of um, aggressive they were. I actually saw in a, uh, a, a YouTube comment thread for uh, a, another YouTuber who did an analysis of some of this that basically said uh, post-hardcore metalcore breakup songs were basically the incel version of 2010's metal and it kind of blew my mind because it's it's really accurate. When you had songs like um, you know you, uh, you call that a knife this is a knife uh, by uh, Capture the Crown where they somehow managed to use every single derogatory word for uh, that you would call a woman in the span of four lines for their breakdown. It's honestly like horrific. That, that band has actually since removed that song. I think like three or four months ago they removed the song from their YouTube page because they like rebranded and they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. But like that was the kind of shit you had in in the scene back then you had a lot of very angsty a lot of very angry at being rejected dudes in their fucking late teens to early 20s writing songs about how you know women deserve to give them a chance and women were such horrible fucking wretched people for not dating them and and not going out with them or sleeping around on them and and just the the way that misogynic sort of deconstructs that and satirizes it in a really impactful way, I think, um, is is really good. So you should check out that track. But that's sort of the uh, route that a lot of that music takes is like purposefully poking fun at um, different tropes within genres. Uh, Vermicide Violence actually only had one song on that album and then one song on the re-release and then they hadn't done a whole lot uh, since then. Um, Jared does some of the vocals for some of the other bands I think but Vermicide Violence is like straight deathcore so it's very harsh vocals, lots of gutturals, lots of um, lots of screaming and so the obviously he needs a, a, a vocalist that can do that to be able to put out music. Uh, and earlier this year before the album came out 
Uh, they put out a single called Corona Viscerated, uh, which is also on this album. It's track number three. Um, and it is uh, basically uh, just a, a straight up like infomercial for how to protect yourself against coronavirus. And it is fucking incredible. Like start to finish. It's amazing. It's informative. It's accurate. And it has the right blend of comedy, but also the music itself, the musicianship and the vocals are just amazing. So I looked at this single and I saw that there was a whole album coming out. And so I was really excited. And so, like I said, I've been listening to this album for literally, I think, once a day for the last like three months or however long it's been since it came out. And um, the whole album has been uh, renamed to Healthcore, which I think is a hilarious double entendre, right? Because it's called Deathcore. So it, I guess, could be called Lifecore, but Healthcore is still funny. It's still very, very clever and very funny because every single one of the songs, uh, despite being um, very much in the vein of Deathcore and very much in the vein of like very aggressive and very abrasive, is actually 100% medically accurate and tackles a bunch of different very prevalent medical topics which is fucking astounding to me that they were not only able to make the lyrics make sense for the most part and make the lyrics cohesive but they were able to craft the lyrics in such a way that it sounds like a song that was written about a thing right and so um I'll dive into uh, a track uh, sort of analysis. Uh, forewarning, um, if you've somehow managed to get this far and not realized what deathcore is, uh, it is very heavy and aggressive metal. Uh, so any sound clips that I have, it's all more than likely going to be harsh vocals. Um, so if it's not something you're interested in, uh, whenever I you know pause um, to talk about the uh, the clip, obviously, you can skip ahead or, you know, feel free to click out of this section. I understand that this is uh, probably uh, far more niche than uh, most albums that people would talk about. So totally understandable if it's not your cup of tea. Um, but if you'll stick around, uh, I can guarantee you if you do like this music that this is, again, like I said, this is the best Deathcore album that's come out this year. Um, so the uh, album itself starts off with a track, and I literally have to look this up because they use medical terms in their track name. It's called uh, Exuberant Sputum, um, which is a track about um, contracting the plague and uh, basically um, the progenation of the plague if you don't take proper precautions. Uh, very on the nose for what we're currently experiencing in America. Um, though funnily enough, this is literally about the Black Death, like the bubonic plague, uh, not about coronavirus. Um, but a lot of the lyrics, uh, including the one that I'm about to play, I think are very, uh, very helpful, even in even in this time. Here you go. <laughs> So yeah, like I said, informative and like the musicality of this album is just so well done. Uh, every song has a little bit of a different flair to it in terms of how they 
uh, conceive each song from a from a, a, a death metal deathcore perspective. Not all of them are just like firing blast beats. Not all of them are just like straight breakdowns. Um, there's influences of death. There's influences of symphonic metal. There's influences of mellow death. There's influences of sludge. There's influences of black metal. Um, I honestly wish that uh, the the song we just listened to actually had like a blackened death section because one of the because it's about black death about the bubonic plague there's a, a, a section where he shouts black death and i thought it would be funny to have a but maybe also too on the nose to have a blackened death metal section in that song um but uh it's honestly all of these songs are i don't think there's a single one of them over three minutes long most of them are two minutes to two and a half minutes you can get through this album in 30 minutes so I'm not really going to go super, I don't think, in-depth with um, each song in terms of, like, uh, uh, musicianship or in terms of, like, what, you know, the the progress of the song is, um, but rather just trying to highlight uh, what I think are really good moments in the songs. Um, the second song is uh, a dis... Ah, fuck. I really cannot say this word. I tried six times before I recorded this to listen to the pronunciation and make sure I didn't fuck it up while I was recording and I still fucked it up. It's a dyspneic frenzy is the name of the song, I believe. I said that right. Medical experts, please feel free to correct me. Um, but it basically it's a song about having panic attacks. Um, and it has the best section, like, just the variance in this dude's vocals in this one section is so phenomenal and the the way the guitar work over his vocals is is just absolutely incredible i'll let you listen just Like, his vocals, just the, the variation in them, just the variation in his screams there is so, so, so good. Honestly, this is one of my favorite tracks on, on the whole album. I absolutely love it. it. It's fantastic. The ending is great, too, um, in terms of uh, they're talking about for a panic attack. Um, uh, it's uh, They're talking about think of happy things, um, and they literally just start listing off things that would make you happy. Like, they're, like, kitties, rainbows, puppies, slushies, like, just all kinds of stuff. It's a it's a great, 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 great song. Um, track three is the aforementioned Corona Viscerated, which is an absolutely solid track. It's still probably, I think, um, one of the better tracks on the album. Um, but we've already kind of discussed it a little bit. Uh, from a lyrical perspective, um, it's honestly tenacious D levels of uh, satire. Um, one of my favorite lines is disinfect your doorknobs. They'll catch you by surprise, um, which is just fucking hilarious. Um, but also again, it's a very, like the messaging of the song is very, very serious. And the lyrics of the songs are act are actually CDC guidelines for how to prevent coronavirus. Uh, track four, um, has one of the, uh, has the best intro, I think. Uh, on the on the album so I'll go ahead and play that for you 
was a song that started out fucking bug bites that is west of the nile uh which is a song all about the uh, dangers of uh disease transmission through mosquitoes um and though there is a fairly like kind of silly part in terms of um them listing off every version of encephalitis that mosquitoes have carried uh it's overall it's a great song i love the uh, theme that they for whatever reason decided to sort of give it this um, ambiance that's very reminiscent of like Born of Osiris or Chakrad has sort of like that Egyptian feel to it um, I absolutely love that song uh, unfortunately the next song though I don't think there's any bad songs on the whole album uh, the next song is I'll never fucking be able to pronounce this I'm going to butcher it it's uh, Anti-Helminthica um, which is uh, my least favorite song on the album I think it's my least favorite song. It's a little sludgy purposefully um, because it's a song literally about getting maggots and shitting your pants and in no way can they make that subject matter to me clever enough to uh, warrant the, the song itself. Like everything else has so much cleverness in it in the way that they disguise the information that they're presenting and it's so funny in the way that the information that they're presenting while still being very, very high quality music that it that I, I really, really like the, the album as a whole. But this one song just for me misses the mark a little bit. Um, just again, it just feels a little a, a little too, I guess, on the nose, which is hilarious because the next song is one of my favorites. And I think it's actually probably more on the nose than that than. Uh, track five uh, but track six is um, preclusion of the mastectomy uh, which is literally a song uh, about uh, breast cancer awareness and they got very f uh, famous um, on YouTube uh, female metal vocalist Lauren Babick to do a, um, a section on the song uh, which I'm actually going to play here because her section leads into my favorite part of the song the groove on the entire ending of this song and that and that riff repeats throughout the song but this is towards the end of the song is just so fucking good that I, I absolutely love it. And like I said, the lyrics of this song are pretty fucking on the nose. Like at one point it says, um, uh, begin the mammogram, prevention is in your hands, which is a fucking, like I said, uh, absolutely on the nose way to talk about breast cancer awareness um, and sort of double entendre with prevention is literally in your hands. Uh, but for whatever reason, I feel like this song works so much better than the previous track in terms of conveying a, uh, an, a, a medically important message in a uh, humorous and very musical way. 
Um, also, Lauren Bavick absolutely fucking crushes her section, so maybe that's kind of lifted that song up a little bit for me. Um, but now we get into uh, the the shortest song on the album, um, and it is the most brutal song I think on the album in terms of just like pure aggression. Some of his vocals on this seventh track are just absolutely like filthy. Like I I actually don't understand how he's doing some of this. Uh, this song is called Concentrated Injections of Pure Autism. Um, and if you don't understand that reference, I'm so very, very sorry. Uh, but it's a song about making sure you get your kids vaccinated. Um, and it has one of the absolutely most brutal lines I've ever heard in a song, uh, which I'll let you listen to now. That's right. Your child is a bioweapon. Absolutely phenomenal song. Like I said, it's the shortest song on the whole album. It's the most aggressive song. It's the most heavy song, I think, uh, in terms of just musicianship. Um, but it's a great, fun, two-minute, just banger. Um, and I really like it. Uh, even, like, the, the breakdown at the end is absolutely insanity it's one of the best breakdowns in music i think uh track eight is asthmatic asphyxiation um which is in case you weren't aware uh you know um not being able to breathe due to asthma um so it has a really really great uh way to tie the um again the lyrical content of the song and the medical advice of the song into the theme of the song and into the music um so i'll play this quick quick clip for you guys Like the inhaler hit into the rest of the music is so fucking well done and specifically they're talking about the fact that like that won't work anymore so they're trying other methods now is so good this song also has a really good um uh chorus um which uh basically he's he's singing it very very quickly and very very sporadically and it actually sounds like he's he's having like almost like an asthma attack like it's kind of what it would sound like if you were breathy out of breath um and like the lyrics are i need air i cannot breathe i need some air please help me breathe and it's like but it's the way that he's using the vocals and saying those lyrics is very very quick paced very very breathy and and honestly i just love it i think it's a, a great great song one of my favorites was the second single off of this album um and i think that it's it's a great single uh, and a great song um the next to last song is uh, Ginger Vitriolic, uh, which is literally sort of their like slow burn song um, that sort of culminates into a, a heavier track. Um, it has a breakdown that includes the words brush your fucking teeth, um, as the name of the uh, song would indicate. 
Um, it's a it's a it's a good song. I don't think it's necessarily outstanding or really stand out, um, but it's a good song, and I think it's it's a good way to separate the first eight tracks, have this sort of slow burn, and then come in with the last song, which is Reign of Deafness, which is about um, you know. Uh, it's actually about the perils of listening to music too loud or going to concerts um, and getting tinnitus in your ear. Um, it even says tinnitus affects one in five people um, in the song itself. But the clever part about this song is not only is the song name a uh, play on words to a uh, famous deathcore song, every single song in every single um phrase of music in the song is a melody from a different deathcore song so like every single you know big deathcore band rings of saturn uh born of osiris bring me the horizon from their first album chelsea grin job for a cowboy suicide silence white chapel you know all the big 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 heavy hitters veil of maya um uh fucking shit there's like 18 i think in here um, 18 different bands in the in the three minute song they basically take phrases of each of these songs combine them all together make sure that the lyrics match from a what they would normally sound like in the song perspective as well as match the lyrical content of the song itself it's actually truly an amazingly creative endeavor uh, in terms of being able to not only get the theming right for the song but also make the lyrics and the uh, music sort of flow into one another from each of the songs that you're taking it from. So it's uh, it's a great way to cap off the album. And um, he's actually done it before. He did a, with Admits the Graves Demons, he did a metalcore mashup um, about like song plagiarism. And he took like 25 different metalcore bands um, from the scene and, and did a similar thing. Uh, but it's a really good way to cap off the album. It's a really good way to uh, for fans of the genre to basically kind of you know show them hey it's it's like yes I'm being satirical yes I'm delivering this information yes this is uh, ostensibly a comedy album but you know I do listen to this music I am part of the scene I am part of this culture like that's why I'm making a satire of it right like that's why I'm you know poking fun at these tropes and things and I think that's obviously or honestly the the best way that this sort of comedy always comes across is like when you can tell that someone's very passionate about a specific type of culture or a specific area or a specific niche of of pop culture or, or anything like that then you feel like when they're making fun of it it's not punching down it's it's punching like across right it's i feel so passionate about this subject and i'm so inundated into this subculture myself uh that i am now understanding and realizing its flaws and sort of actualizing in my mind that there are perhaps uh some some tropey shit that like maybe isn't always the best done or like some actual like problematic shit like i said with the misogynistic song right like being able to understand that there are problems with something that you like and address those problems in a way that i feel doesn't immediately alienate an audience i think is something that's uh, fairly hard to do very well um, and I think that a lot of these songs actually do it very well in a meaningful way that you know could spark discourse you know if you wanted to have a conversation about it 
again this album not so much in terms of sort of the uh grandioise you know um uh having like a a grandioise like mission statement or anything or like really trying to push the envelope like this one was more just for uh you know kind of punking on you know different health things and and kind of delivering you know health advice honestly uh in a in a unique and interesting way um but it really wasn't trying to you know push any boundaries in terms of you know a political topic or a or a you know a topic that had really any sort of weight though apparently right from from what we've seen uh apparently just asking people to follow the fucking cdc guidelines for coronavirus is controversial so who am i to say how this would be reflected on you know years to come when the united states is a plague state and we're not allowed to travel anywhere um but yeah that's the album like i said i i highly recommend it i think i talked about it about as long as the album is um maybe like five to ten minutes less um so if you if you like the genre if you like deathcore um at all uh, please check it out it's very very good um and you know it's it's a smaller enterprise right um it's 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 a guy who's writing music and getting some other musicians to 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 hang out i think the album stream only has like forty thousand views so it's it's not you know a multi-million dollar dude sitting up here you know collecting checks making comedy music it's you know it's a it's a dude writing you know albums out of his house and just trying to put music out into the world that you know is impactful and, and gives people some enjoyment and some in a trying time right um we are quickly approaching 45 minutes um i don't think i'm actually going to talk about uh the anime season today um i might leave that for another time uh because i do have another tv show that i should finish this week uh so next week might all be about tv shows a little teaser um one of them will be a netflix original almost undoubtedly that just dropped its third season and hey the anime that i'm talking about is in its third season that works out absolutely beautifully that's what we'll be talking about next time uh just to give you a little taste uh we'll be reviewing uh dark on netflix a german um mind-bending thriller of a tv show uh, uh season three as well as the sort of the whole series uh, because that is only getting three seasons the the um, creators have already confirmed they always planned for it to be a three season show they already had the entire script written when they were ready to go uh, so this will be the final season so everything will be wrapped up uh, and the other thing that we'll talk about next week will be attack on titan season three yes i'm fucking hella late for that and yes the fourth season starts in like three months uh but i fucking forgot that season three existed for a while so we just finished that uh so i'll probably talk about uh that season as well as all of attack on titan leading up to that or for those of you more than you know shinjeki no kyoin i will uh have my buddy who uh speaks japanese tell me that i said that completely wrong but that's okay um so yeah those will be the two topics for next week which might mean that next week's a nice another a nice uh, uh 40 30 or 45 minute episode uh there's one other thing that i do want to talk about uh at some point uh it's a product i bought online uh but i think i need to use it a couple more times I only use it twice so far um, but i i kind of want to see uh how it goes before i make any sort of 
endorsement or condemnation of the product itself. So that will also have to wait. Um, but as always, uh, if you liked what you heard today in terms of the podcast, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Even just you thinking right now, yeah, I like that. That's that's great. I fucking love that. I hope that you, uh, you know, listen to this and have a great day. But if you liked it enough and you're willing to do me a small favor, slap subscribe on whatever podcast system you're listening to or whatever whatever button that they have, whether it's subscribe, follow, whatever the fuck that gives you new episodes of when I put shit out on whatever you're listening to this on, fucking slap the fuck out of that button real quick. That'd mean the world to me. And uh, if you didn't like it and you want to fucking yell at me, do that shit in the reviews too. Listen, I want to know everything. Tell me if you love me. Tell me if you hate me. Tell me if you love to hate me. All right? Whatever you want. I am always, always looking for, you know, feedback, looking to improve, looking to iterate. Let's get it. Um, You can find these podcasts on your podcast service of choice but also at thesoundofmyownvoice.com. You can also find us on our socials at uh, Twitter is at T-S-O-M-O-V podcast and Facebook and Instagram are both just slash the sound of my own voice podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian Barrage. Have a lovely week and I'll see you next time.